We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA 2K Mobile, guys. Definitely check that out, man. You know, as Knicks fans, uh, we have very limited great moments but we know all of our great moments man from the 94 finals the 99 cinderella run linsanity mellow brunson taking the team to the second round well in nba 2k mobile you have the opportunity to create your own memories man it's a great game if you guys haven't checked it out go into your app store whether you're android or, or apple and download nba 2k mobile there's a lot of great features in this game one of them is the tournament mode and one of the biggest features of nba 2k mobile is that they reward you for everything with player cards and once you get the player cards you can essentially create your own fantasy team so when i opened up the app the first five player cards i got was obviously jason tatum he's the cover athlete i got dejounte murray i got uh karis levert uh collins and i got nurkic so it's a decent team but as you go up as you level up in nba 2k mobile when you win games when you accomplish different objectives finish different drills you'll get your your coins you'll get your your points so you can level up and get more player cards you can get nba legends bird jordan magic so on and so forth and create your own fantasy team to create your own memories with man so it's a great game definitely check it out very sleek interface the graphics are on point and a lot of you guys are, are on your phones 24 7 anyway so you might as well tap in to the best basketball franchise and that is nba 2k mobile download nba 2k mobile for free on the app store or google play and use my promo code tatum 2k mobile that's tatum 2k mobile to redeem an exclusive jason tatum pearl tier card all right here we go salute to next nation on another friday this is episode two of fan fridays the show where you our loyal franchise channel members submit your questions and we give you our answers man cp the franchise alex Rataros here on the ones and twos all right, Al, our first question comes from our girl, Cynthia. Shout out to Cynthia, man. Her question is, do you think Tibbs will be watching how Steve Kerr uses Jalen Brunson in the FIBA Basketball World Cup and implements what he sees with the Knicks? I know the USA team is different, but Tibbs should also observe how Kerr game plans and makes on-the-fly adjustments you know, like a real coach of a team. Do you think Tibbs will learn new schemes slash ideas and implement them this fall? Your thoughts? I'm going to say I hope, but probably not. I think we, I think what we've seen for the last three seasons is going to be tried and true. 
for this upcoming season where it still will be isolation heavy. We saw that in year one with Julius Randle. He was the one that did most of the work, even though you had Peyton uh, bringing up the ball when he was in the starting unit, or you had Derrick Rose being that, you know, weed guard for the second unit. I think what Tibbs likes is to have two, three players that he can rely on to generate offense. And I just see Brunson and Randall being the same thing. And then quickly and RJ being the same for the second unit. I think it will be tough to see Tibbs shifting away from that just because his entire career, that's kind of how he's relied on all of his top players. You can go back to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose ran that offense out in Chicago, right? When you think about uh, what he did out in Minnesota, he was looking for those answers. That's why he brought in Jimmy Butler, right? Because he knew that Jimmy Butler can handle that type of workload even though Carl Anthony Towns was there as well, he really made Jimmy Butler that guy. And then with the Knicks, Randall, with his first season here, it was Randall. Then he tried to get the same out of Kimball Walker and Randall, but now it's Brunson and Randall. So I don't expect much to change with Tom Thibodeau and his coaching style. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't expect. You can't expect a, a Zebra to change his stripes, especially this deep into his coaching career with Coach of the Year awards under his belt. A um, couple of things in terms of the scheme. No, I wouldn't expect them to turn into the Golden State Warriors or the Spurs or the Nuggets. It, this is what it is. It's an isolation heavy offense. It is a read and react offense. But I also feel like a lot of times when we think about scheme, you also have to think about the players that play in said scheme. Like it's no coincidence that when Jalen Brunson is, was added to a Julius Randle, that the offense was still going to be one of the best because you had two of the best isolation scorers in the NBA. And so despite that, the fact that the offense has its warts, it can still be effective if you if your players are, it's as effective as you as your players are, and with with the Warriors, look, there's no surprise that in a Steve Kerr offense that is high pace, it, it relies on a lot of player movement and off ball movement and high IQ basketball. When you have Stephen Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, and Draymond Green, who is a basketball savant, running your offense, things look a lot better. Right. I mean, just just ask the San Antonio Spurs when they had Parker and Ginobili running alongside Duncan. So your personnel certainly matters. Although I would like to see this Knicks offense uh, emphasize more ball movement and, and player movement. We'll see how far it goes under Tibbs. And then in terms of in game adjustments, I always feel like it, it, it's a tricky thing. Like, you know, Stan Van Gundy had, had an interesting quote on that just a couple of years ago when he talked about the fact that, you know, a lot of times fans don't see the adjustments that coaches make. And a lot of times we we rate adjustments based on wins and losses, right? On the wins, you don't really talk about what the coach, how the coach adjusted to win. But on the losses, a lot of times you say, well, he didn't adjust, he didn't adjust. But, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of both. You, you, you have coaches who stick to their game plan. I think Tibbs is a guy who sticks to his game plan, like a Doc Rivers, like a Mike Budenholzer, like a, a uh, you know, like a Mike D'Antoni. Those guys, they stick to the playbook. Our strategy is our strategy. Execute it, and you let the chips fall where they may. I think that's where Tibbs is. He's not a Ty Lue. He's not an Eric Spolstra. He's not a Steve Kerr. And so I don't think he's ever going to be those guys, although obviously – having that element in your bag is helpful. Additionally, just like the scheme, I also think making those adjustments relies on having players that can execute on the fly. And are the Knicks there yet? Well, 
with Brunson, seems like they're getting there with Hart, with DiVincenzo. I think Quickly is one of those high IQ guys. So let's see. Maybe, with again, with the improvement in your personnel, are you able to see more adjustments now because you have the player, more players that can execute on the fly and make high-level decisions? I think it's yet to be determined. But, you know, T- Tibbs won't be Steve Kerr any, anytime soon, man. And, and to finish up on your point with, like, adjustments, I think what people are seeing is over the last course of the three seasons under Tom Thibodeau is that beginning of the second half, it's the same rotations. It For the most part, it would be a close game where the Knicks were working their way back, especially the first two seasons, right? And then you just kind of see that offense go to a grinding halt. And sometimes the, even the defense takes a step back too, right? We see lack of ball movement. We see lack of offensive creativity. It becomes even more isolation heavy. I mean, hell, think about how many times after the first half where you have some good ball movement, third quarter comes along, and then it's just – strictly isolation heavy between Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. So you'd hope that another year, you know, when you have the continuity that the Knicks have right now, you hope that Tom Tittle can add some new wrinkles, whether that be defensively or offensively. But over the past three seasons, I can understand why fans, and I, I mean, I'm in that same camp too, where we don't really, I don't see the adjustments, the major adjustments, because sometimes it, it could be that third quarter of doom. So hopefully Tom Thibodeau can make that type of, in-game adjustment that we can see that's a little bit more visible, right? And maybe not as subtle. And just to finish off CP on the isolation numbers, here's the last three seasons under Tom Thibodeau as the New York Knicks as a total. First year under Tom Thibodeau where they made the playoffs, they were fourth in isolation as a team. Second year under Tom Thibodeau, the Knicks were eighth in isolation as a team. This past season, the Knicks were fourth in isolation yet again. So to finish off on the isolation question, I don't see the Knicks changing too differently from being so ISO heavy. All right, CP. Question number two from Joseph Osora2422. My question is, what do you think is our total wins? I believe we can get a 50 and what a 50 burger. And what would you consider a successful season next year? So CP, do you think the Knicks can get 50 or more wins? And what do you consider a successful season for the 2023-2024 season? Shout out to Joseph Osordo. I think the Knicks can get the 50 burger, and I predict that they will. Shout out to JD. We're getting the grill heated up. Now, there's a lot of question marks still. Who's going to play the backup for? How did the Knicks handle that rotation? They did get a little bit less athletic, although they've stacked up in the guard rotation. How does the guard rotation pan out? How do those players in that rotation handle Some players are going to get less minutes. How do they handle that? Who's going to be in the closing lineups? I think those are some of the big question marks facing this team. But I'm also going to bank on another year of chemistry, another year with Jalen Brunson at the helm with Julius Randle as his running mate, with R.J. Barrett playing a tertiary role. I believe these guys can string off a 50-win season. And for me, a successful season is going to be Eastern Conference Finals. I think they have it. We, we've talked several times on, on many shows on on, uh, on this platform about there's a lot of question marks in the East. How is Miami going to look? How is Phil- I believe Philadelphia is going to come back to the pack because it seems like James Harden has no intentions of ever playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. How does Boston look without Marcus Smart with, with a – Christoph Porzingis, whose durability has been in question. Look, the Knicks have their question marks, but there's a lot of teams in the East with question marks as well. But I believe that the Knicks can get that 50-piece Eastern Conference Finals is my bar for success. 
CP jumping out the window early yeah, with not only the 50, 50 burger, yeah. but he said Eastern Conference Finals. Look at that. For me, I agree. I agree that they can get the 50 wins. I think they should be able to. Look, last year before they got Josh Hart, they were on a 53-game win pace. After they get Josh Hart, they go on a nine-game winning streak. They could have easily gotten 50 wins, you know, depending on injury between Brunson and Julius Randle. This team has it in them. And TP, you noted the change in the East, whether it's Boston, you know, you can even talk about the lesser teams, Chicago, Atlanta, right? Miami is probably not going to be that good either. So unless they get Dame, that's a whole different situation. But with the East looking different, Knicks still maintaining that continuity that we talked about earlier in question one, the Knicks should be able to get over 50 wins because they were on that pace last season. Now, what is success? For me, I got to see at least – I'm not going to say Eastern Conference Finals just because the Bucs are still there, and if they get matched up with the Bucs, that's going to be tough. So yeah. I need to see who the matchup is, okay? Yeah. Not worried about the Cavs, not worried about Boston, not worried about Philly. But if they do get Milwaukee, that's kind of hard for me to see them getting to that Eastern Conference Final. But what I will say is that they have to get back to the second round. They got to make it a seven-game series with whoever they face. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Got to be a seven-game series. Got to be a close one. And look, I got to see better adjustments from Tom Thibodeau too, okay? We got to see more ball movement from the Knicks offense in the postseason. It's none of this isolation stuff. I know we just answered that. It's probably going to be more isolation heavy. But we have to see some level of in-game adjustments adaptability from Tom Thibodeau and this New York Knicks team in the second round because – Look, that's what that's what caused them to get knocked out. They stuck, even though Tibbs made that change to Josh Hart being in the starting rotation and Grimes coming off the bench, that was not the adjustment that they needed. And he took too long to make that adjustment to flip it right back. So I need to see a second round appearance, go seven, go the distance, and I need to see better offense and a little bit more in-game adjustments. All right, Al, this last question comes from NatTNYC718, and their question is, what is your favorite Nick moment of all time? Mm. This is tough. I always say that's the LJ four-point play because that's mm. really – I was young. I saw it. That's what really sparked my Knicks fandom because I was at a young age. But I'm going to go different. Man. I'm going to go okay. different this time. I'm going to go ch- – I'm going to choose uh, – I'm going to choose Jeremy Lin, man. Lin Sanity. Yeah. We'll go with insanity. Okay. We'll go with insanity. Good. Change it up a little bit. That game in Toronto where he hits the game winner, buzzer beater. The same Valentine's Day for the massacre. Oh, my goodness, man. That game was different. You think about the Knicks were just competing. You're thinking about, oh, can is this really, do we really have the point guard of the future? Obviously, we didn't then. But just the high that you're coming off of, of a undrafted guy. Where did he come from making this? Cinderella story in the Mecca, and then you drill a game-winning three in Toronto. Let's go, baby. That 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 that's one of my top five moments. So I'm gonna go with the Jeremy Lin three-point play. What about you, CP? I'm gonna go with the Knicks clinching the '99 Eastern Conference Finals to make it to the finals. Mm. Uh, I'm big on the unscripted storylines in sports, and those storylines that unfold. And even though the 94 team was such a special team, obviously so many Warriors on that team, you know, the Knicks were building up to being 
one of the best teams in the league. And it hadn't not been for a guy named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. They might have had rings before that from 92 mm. to 93 through basically through the, the late 90s. I mean, the Knicks were one of the best teams in, in the league. So, you know, to get to the, to, to the finals in 94, it was special, of course. But they beat the Bulls without Jordan. They, they had trouble putting them away. Yes, they got through the Pacers, and, and then they, they lose in, in, uh, to, to the Rockets after going up 3-2. That was definitely devastating. In 99, no one expected the Knicks to get there. And there was so much turmoil. There were so many storylines. They traded a fan favorite in John Starks for Latrell Sprewell, who was coming off a controversy. He just choked out his coach. I was thinking, yo, like, is he going to coach? Is he going to choke out Van Gundy? He's mad little. Like, what's going to happen when Latrell Sprewell gets here? He ends up, despite a rocky season, he ends up winning the hearts of the fans by the end of it. Then you have Van Gundy himself, who thought he was going to be fired several times during the course of that season because they were underperforming. Ernie Grunfeld wanted him out of there. Dave Checkett's met with Phil Jackson in hopes of getting him to take over the team. So there was so much influx from the top to the coaching staff. And then you have your magical run. The, the Houston buzzer beater against Miami being the first eight seed to beat the, the one seed. Then they run through the Hawks, sweep the Hawks for zip. And all, unfortunately, they would lose Ewing in the conference finals against the Pacers to the Achilles injury. They would ultimately technically lose LJ because he suffered a, you know, changer, series changer, game changing knee injury in that series. Even though with the two of them, I don't I still don't think they're beating the Spurs. I think they make it much more competitive. But overall, the LJ four point play, like you said, the LJ four point play in that series. I mean, there were so many like crazy moments of that Cinderella season, I, I got to put that at the top of my list, man. My favorite moment uh, of all time is, is that 99 Knicks run. All right, Al, that does it for this episode of Fan Friday. Salute to everybody that submitted a question. And if you at home want to submit a question, all you got to do is join the Loyal Franchise channel members. It's only $4.99 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Support your boys at Knicks Fan TV. See you guys next week. CP Alex, we out of here, man. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.